You are wrong about guitars podcast. You're, you're just wrong. You're wrong, man. You're, you're wrong. You're about just guitars. wrong about guitars, dude. You're just you're wrong about guitars. You know nothing. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, welcome to your Wrong About Guitars podcast. I'm your host, Eric Olvin, back for another week of digging into some of the gods of guitar, rulers of the riffs, soldiers of shred, architects of the axe, and this week is... Nuno Betancourt. Welcome back for another week. Excited to be back again, getting back into the, you know in the past and learning about some awesome guitarists hope you guys enjoyed the last couple weeks uh learning about some of the stuff that i really hate going on in the uh, guitar industry right now and then uh some fun broken guitar stories which got me into nuno betancourt because um uh, somebody said that there was a story about his guitar which we'll get into the n4 uh that's been through some hard times uh, which we'll get into and kind of go over that. There's a lot to go into um, with really just that guitar. He doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, at least like a known collection. And, um, you know, he, he seems to really just like this one guitar. So um, we're going to get into the history of the Washburn N4 also in this um, because there's just not a whole lot of variation as far as Nuno goes with guitars and gear and stuff like that. So... So a little housekeeping, uh, check up with Sunland Guitars, check up with uh, my personal YouTube channel at Eric Olvin with some design projects going on, some cool stuff. A uh, little Halloween inspired one is going to be dropped at the, uh, you know, in the next couple weeks by the end of the month. Uh, so check that one out. And I got Han Solo's guitar last month and uh, Thor's guitars the month before that. So check those out. Uh, super excited about those. Um, some fun projects coming out of Sunland Guitars as well. But first, I'd like to stop and bring attention to one of the biggest problems I see on every make and model of guitar, nut stability. Many of my clients rely on me as their nut expert to fix the instability of their guitar's nuts with precision and expert craftsmanship. But all of these nuts are becoming more than I can handle, which is why I decided to partner with Sax Underwear, the new industry leader in nut stability. With Saks Underwear, you get a perfect fit with unparalleled comfort. They're great for skinny jeans, leather pants, and hitting every jump and stage slide. Just like your favorite luthier, Saks knows the importance of a perfect fit with expert craftsmanship and virtuoso-like precision. My personal favorite as a Floridian, who's always dealing with hot and humid conditions, is the Saks trademark drop temp cooling mesh and hydroliner technology that delivers exceptional breathability and quick dry functionality. It's even chlorine and salt water proof for when I want to take a dip in the pool or stop by the beach. Trust in the Saks Comfort Guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they will refund or exchange your order. Click on the link in the description to learn more about how Saks will take care of your nuts and order your first pair today. Your nuts won't be disappointed. Saks Underwear, Guitar Tech approved. All right, so Nuno Duarte Gil Mendez Betancourt, long name. He is a Portuguese-American guitarist, became known as the lead guitarist of the Boston rock band Extreme. Betancourt has recorded a solo album and has founded rock bands including Morning Widows, Drama Gods, 
in Satellite Party. Not a whole lot about his early early life is known, so we'll get into his career. And really, the, the main one is just extreme. So after playing in the Boston-based hair metal act Sinful, Betancourt rose to fame as a guitarist for the Boston-area group Extreme, which he joined in 1985. The band released its debut record Extreme in 1989. The final track on the album Play With Me was used as the mall chase song in the film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. In 1990, Extreme released its next album, Pornograffiti, which included the hits More Than Words and Wholehearted, which was the song that I played at the beginning of the, so- uh, beginning of the podcast. The acoustic ballad More Than Words entered the Hot 100 on March 23, 1991 at number 81. It later became a huge smash, hitting number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. Wholehearted was also successful, rising to number four on the same popular music chart. Pornograffiti garnered admiration for Betancourt from rock guitar enthusiasts. He was voted, voted Best New Talent in 1991 Reader's Poll by Guitar World magazine, and that magazine later named him Most Valuable Player of 1991. Queen guitarist Brian May has called Betancourt's solo from the song Get the Funk Out, a landmark in rock history and I think should have its own little medal struck and awarded to Nuno Betancourt and Extreme. The band followed up with Three Sides to Every Story in 1992. The album featured brass and string sections as well as a full orchestra whose parts were composed and arranged by Betancourt. In 1995, Extreme released the album Waiting for the Punchline, but the band broke up in 1996 when Betancourt decided to pursue a solo career. In 2008, Extreme performed with its original lineup, with the exception of Paul Geary, to begin work on a new album, Suedades de Rock. Uh, the album was released on August 12, 2008. And we'll get into uh, some popular, some of his other popular ones here. So he has uh, Schizophonic, which was in 1997. That's his uh, solo. Uh, Morning Widows, two albums, 98. Uh, self-titled album, and then 2000, Furnished Souls for Rent, uh, with the band Population One, two albums, uh, Population One in 2002, and Sessions from Room Four in 2004, Drama Gods, uh, one album, 2005, called Love, uh, Satellite Party, one album, Ultra Payloaded in 2007, Generation X, the guitars that destroyed the world live in China 2019, which would have been awesome, which I would have, wish I would have saw that one. And then um, another solo. So Best of Nuno 2003, Smart People, the original soundtrack 2008. And then as a guest musician, he's got quite a resume here. So Janet Jackson, Jim Gilmore, Dweezil Zappa, Guitars Practicing Musicians Volume 2, Guitars That Rule the World Volume 1. Mixing it up with Dan Reed, Baby Animals. He was on the original motion picture soundtrack for Super Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Robert Palmer, Susie DeMarchi, Tantric, Tony Braxton, uh, Jam Project, Rihanna, 2010, uh, Push King, Joe Jonas, Steel Panther, Rihanna again, Rihanna again, Nickelback. Um, so, and I mean, there's probably more than that. I think I saw some other ones on here too, but very, very talented guy. And what I like a lot about him and his work is he doesn't seem to be really pushed into a corner. Like you'd see the look at him, like if you looked at him and saw him, 
I, I think you'd think that he was in like metal or, you know, maybe back in the, you know, 80s and 90s, it would be hair metal. But you can tell like he's he's very sophisticated about his knowledge of music and um, he likes to, you know, work in different genres, which is very versatile and, and talented for sure. All right. So let's get into his gear. Like I said, it, it, there's not a whole lot to go through for here, but um, I'll go through some of them. So he did, I guess, have at one time have a homemade guitar with a Schecter body and Warmoth neck that he used for the first Extreme album, and then also a Takamini acoustic guitar that he used on that first Extreme album. And then uh, he got that Washburn N4 with a Duncan 59 and a Lawrence L500 in the bridge, a Washburn N4 ESA, a Washburn N5 and 6 and 8, a uh, P4, um, an EA-45, EA-20, and EA-22 acoustic guitars, the Washburn N24, Washburn N2, a Meridian custom guitar, and then he really likes the, the EVH D-Tune Drop D system. Uh, you'll see that on a lot of his stuff. It looks like he likes to play either 9s or 10s um, from Dean, Mark Dean Markley. And I'll post a video about him going over like uh, his N4 and a little history too. So I won't get into a whole lot of that, but join the private Facebook group to see more of that. But I'll just get into like the history of the N4 since there's not a whole lot of information from Nuno on this stuff. Um, but the Washburn N4 is an electric guitar developed in collaboration between Nuno Betancourt, Washburn, and the Seattle-based luthier Stephen Davies. Um, since its introduction in the mid to late 1990, it became Betancourt's primary guitar, and it is marketed by Washburn as his signature model. The N4 is the flagship of the Washburn N prefix um, guitar models, N8 being the N4 times two since it has it's a double neck. So the N4 features a distinctive super strat form factor, two humbucking pickups, floating trim system, and the Stevens extended cutaway enhanced bolt-on neck joint, uh, which is really interesting. You should def. I'll, I'll post the pictures for sure, but um, it 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 definitely looks like it was a solution to be able to get like, so it's a set neck, but it has all the contour that you need to just like a set neck would, and that is a patented design. Uh, that it allows easier player access to the higher frets. So since 1990, there have been numerous versions of the N4 using various woods and hardware parts, which we'll get into. So for the body, they appear using uh, Alder, Paduk, and uh, Swamp Ash. There's also Karina, Mahogany, Sapel, and Maple Woods that have been used in some limited series. While all regular N4s have an oil finish, a few limited edition models have featured lacquered bodies. Um, so you can see how, if you know me and you know the types of guitar that I like to play or that I like to build, um, why I really like the Washburn N4 is, be, is a lot because of that, because it's all nat natural finish and oil finishes. All right, for the neck. So generally, the N4 has a maple neck, um, some ha some, uh, the N4 vintage having bird's eye maple, and then um, the Paduke models have Paduke necks and Sapel models have Sapel necks. Um, so it's really like, it's, <laughs> I don't, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's kind of like the, uh, what is it? They call it the, uh, Canadian suit. So the, uh, full jean jacket and jeans and everything. So the guitar looks like it's kind of made out of one piece of wood, except for the alder or paduke having more of a, or a swamp ash having more of a maple neck. The neck also has 22 jumbo frets and dot inlays. 
uh, with the exception of the N4E MNM Morning Widows model and the X model, which have Morning Widows logo-shaped inlays. That logo reproduces a tattoo Betancourt has on his left arm. For the fingerboard, with the exception of the very rare all Paduk models, which have a Paduk fingerboard, of course, all N4s have ebony fingerboards, which I love. Uh, recent special editions, as well as the derived N5, N6 models, have maple fingerboards, and some other derivatives, such as an N2, N3, N24, have rosewood boards to re uh, reduce costs. Um, composite fingerboards have also been used on prototypes, which would be really cool to see. I'd, I'd really like to see something like that. All right, let's talk about a little more of the neck joint. So the N4 neck is a bolt-on type using an unusual mounting system, the Stevens Extended Cutaway. Invented by Seattle Luthier Stephen Davies and licensed by Washburn, it features a five-bolt curved neck, um, curved joint, intended to give the player greater access to the upper frets while maintaining proper and comfortable hand position due to its heel-less design. Heel-less. <laughs> Uh, for pickups, the standard N4 bears a Seymour Duncan SH1N, nicknamed the 59 model, at the neck position, and a Bill Lawrence L500 in the bridge. Um, the SH1N, or the 59 model by Seymour Duncan, is a great, great uh, pickup. I like it. It's very versatile. Um, gives you pretty much everything from blues to rock to metal. Um, it can, it, very versatile humbucker. Some confusion arises as Washburn has in the past installed pickups from both Bill Lawrence uh, doing business as Wild Pickups, and Bill Lawrence USA owned by Jack uh, Watchman. Bill Lawrence left the company Bill Lawrence USA in 1984. Uh, Betancourt has stated that he uses an L500 pickup. Actually, his primary N4, which is Alder, bears an L500 XL Bill Lawrence USA pickup made before Bill Lawrence left the company, rather than the more recent L500. Although similar in appearance, there is controversy among fans over which pickup is genuine in sound. The original pickups Betancourt uses a Bill Lawrence USA logo may appear on the bridge pickup, else if the spaces of the pickup's chrome case uh, have been filled with some epoxy resin. It is Bill Lawrence USA L500 rather than the Wild, which doesn't employ epoxy potting in their design. The first 20 N4s made in 1990 actually came with a Seymour Duncan JB in the neck and a Bill Lawrence L500 in the bridge. With the controls, the N4s have a three-way pickup selector located in the lower horn, as well as a single volume pot, which is, you know, this guitar is just me. It really is. Um, other than the three-way pickup selector, I, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's at the lower horn, uh, which you don't see a whole lot of, um, you know, a lot of guitars putting it there. I think it kind of gets in the way a lot of the times, um, and it, it's probably a lot to get used to because most guitars, you know, have it back be, behind the bridge. So um, it, it'd be kind of weird for me to pr like pr just produce a guitar with it there. Um, I wouldn't put it there unless it was actually requested from a client. Um, and then the single volume pot. The guy doesn't need, uh, doesn't need tone. It's all the way up. But few models... I, do feature a tone control, like the Washburn Sunburst as well as the Morning Widows model. So the N4 does have a trim. Um, while the very first N4 has a collar or a Kaler trim, standard Washburn N4s featured feature a Washburn trim made by Schaller in Germany. Vintage and relic models as well as the 2.0 models do have the original Floyd Rose trim unit as used by Betancourt himself. Uh, that you know, I just don't really under. I've never. 
I think the Floyd Rose, even though like all floating trims, in my opinion, really suck. Um, the Floyd Rose is the better version or the better one of the three of those between the Kaler and Schaller and Floyd Rose. Um, and it's just interesting how Betancourt uses a Floyd Rose, but Washburn, you know, puts Schaller's on there, whatever. Um, the Buzz Phaeton tuning system. So in the mid 1990s, Washburn added the Buzz Phaeton tuning system as a standard feature of the N4. This purports to improve tuning accuracy of guitars over the fretboard. A few slots of the, uh, which means that a few slots of the guitar's nut are moved fractionally toward the bridge, and the instrument is intonated accordingly. Um, you know, I've I've never really worked with that system a whole lot, but it not everybody uses it, so I'm guessing it's just kind of like a nitpicky kind of thing. Like, he really wants his guitar to be in perfect int intonation all the time. Um, or it has something maybe to do with the string tension. But, I, you know, for me, it's just like the guitar is what the guitar is. And even if, you know, little nuances about every guitar, whether or not you're able to intonate it perfectly or not, really doesn't matter unless you really want it to matter. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of the way the guitar is, and it becomes part of your tone and your sound. All right, Lynn, I'll go real quick through the series rundown. The N1 is a Fender-style non-locking trim, Washburn-branded pickups, standard four-bolt uh, neck plate. The N2 L500 Bill Lawrence bridge pickup, Washburn-branded neck pickup, standard four-bolt neck, rosewood fretboard. The N3 is a direct-mounted Washburn, uh, has direct-mounted Washburn-branded pickups, Stevens extended cutaway. Betancourt has owned an N3 with 24 frets and Bill Lawrence pickups, but that was a one-off, never offered commercially. Then the N4 is the standard model. The N5 is a three single coil pickups, Stevens extended cutaway, five-way blade switch, volume and tone controls, maple fretboard, um, which I think that would be a kind of cool model. The N6 is similar to the N5, but with an L500 Bill Lawrence bridge humbucker. So an HSS setup. The N7, similar to the N4, is a seven-string variant with a Seymour Duncan SH6 distortion bridge pickup, so we're getting a little heavier. The N8 is a double-neck version of the N4, so four times two. The N24 is an N3 reissue. And the N27 is an N7 with Washburn-branded pickups and standard neck plate. And the N4 model number using a letter suffix it, it is used to indicate the woods that they use. So the first letter indicates the fretboard usually. Um, so most usually E for ebony. Uh, remaining letters represent body wood and finish. So for example, the N4ESA is an ebony fingerboard with a swamp ash body. The N4PPNM is a Paduke fingerboard with Paduke body and natural matte finish. Um, NM natural matte. Uh, the first run of 20 N4s were built as a limited run in 1990, starting with the serial number 901920 by Stephen Davies. These 20 guitars were much uh, like the later 1991 model Davies, except that they came with a Seymour Duncan JB in the neck instead of a Seymour Duncan 59. They did not come with the case because Washburn had not produced a molded N4 case until 1991. All early models were made of alder using a maple neck and an ebony, ebony fingerboard. Early N4s have a collar, a trim, a distinctively large control cavity route, 
a rounded uh, rectangle shaped pickup selector cavity, a slope Stevens extended cutaway front side, a barrel jack, and a thinner neck. Washburn models have a Washburn Schaller trim unit, smaller volume control cavity, a rounded triangle pickup selector cavity, a 90 degrees Steven extended cutaway front side, a standard quarter inch jack, and a thicker neck. So they definitely go through their different variations. Um, in early 1993, Washburn released a new version of the N4 made from a from Paduke, which was used by Nuno Betancourt during the tour following Extreme's third album, Three Sides to Every Story, Story, and during the next album, Waiting for the Punchline, uh, the recording of that album. Paduke is extremely dense and heavy, uh, providing a deeper, darker tone than Alder, uh, while still conserving good high-end frequencies. These are considered valuable for having gained a reputation for being exceptionally good sounding. I'm really not sure why more brands don't use Paduke. Um, it must be a lot harder to source or more expensive, um, which is why you don't see it as often. Uh, Washburn Guitars also produced a version of the M4 with a body of Swamp Ash, a wood considered to have an aggressive trebly emphasis, granting this M4 a distinctive tone, which I, I really like that the tone of uh, Swamp Ash, but like I said, like uh, electric guitars, you really can't get a whole lot out of that unless you're playing really clean. But after Washburn stopped producing Paduke N4, they offered a Swamp Ash model. The Swamp Ash model stained to resemble Paduke. These are readily recognized because the typical Swamp Ash porous veins showing uh, behind the stains. Uh, this model sounds exactly like the unstained N4 ESA. And then uh, just to touch on the Sapel. So Sapel, both uh, body and neck, both made out of Sapel wood with ebony fingerboard. There were roughly 15 or so of these made. Sapel is close to mahogany in tone, and they were produced in 2009. I think I would really like one of those. Those would be really cool to see. Um, there's also like a flame maple body as well, which is really cool. All right, so I hopped on over to Washburn's website to check out the uh, Nuno Betancourt series. Uh, it starts off with a um, little information here. So I played Washburn initially because I got to design the exact guitar that I wanted. 25 years and it's still my perfect performance guitar and the tone. That has become a part of my DNA. It's still my go-to guitar, no question. Washburn's Nuno Betancourt series electric and acoustics represent over 25 years of collaboration with Nuno Betancourt, guitar virtuoso, singer-songwriter, and record producer. Nuno Betancourt rose to international prominence as a guitar player with the multi-platinum rock band Extreme, one of the most successful rock acts of the early to mid-90s, selling over 8 million records worldwide. Nuno penned the acoustic ballad More Than Words that went to number one. We already went over that. Outside of Extreme, Nuno is also a member of the guitar supergroup Generation X, which features Nuno, Steve Vai, uh, Malmsteen, Zach Wilde, and Tony Tosinabasi. All right, so what do they got on here right now? They have the N2, N2 Nuno, which is pretty much classic. They have the Paduke, which is like a red. They have a vintage mat, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if I really like that or not. Uh, vintage Paduke, Authentic, USA. They have a Nelly Deluxe, which is funny. It's a Telly style. Same, pretty much same setup and everything, just without that kind of upper horn for the Strat. Which I think is really... So the one that they have a picture for here is as a flame maple veneer. They obviously gave it the forearm contour, like on a regular Strat, and like on their N4, but it went through the top 
you know, maple layer so you could see the ash on the back. It's interesting, too, that they talked about uh, acoustic guitars, but I do not see acoustic. There's only electric. I might have to go check one of these out. I have never really played one or seen one. So I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for one. If anybody has one, send me a picture or, you know, let me know. Get in the private Facebook group and, um, you know, tell us what you think about it. I think it's a really interesting guitar. Um, if I didn't, because I, it's such a long time ago, I don't remember if I even talked about it on the, um, like the floating trim or uh, probably didn't on the floating trim episode, but uh, I can't even remember if I really even talked about it uh, in the Super Strat episode, because um, this totally should have made it. I, I just didn't even really think about it at the time. Uh, really cool to see how this came out from the 90s and it's you know really the only guitar Nuno plays which you'll see in the in the video that I'll post in the private Facebook group um he's just super attached to it um talks about you know having it refretted and how he really didn't want to do it but he didn't have a choice in the you know in the matter but um you know when a guitar it when you find that guitar that is just you or even have it built like he had it designed and built when you get to that point, like, you know, like, that's all you can really do. That's, it's almost like, you know, if you, if you were a soul and you knew that there was only one body that you could put yourself into, like, that's it. Like, his soul only fits in this guitar. And that, that's really how he, he kind of makes it feel. Like, he can't really even play another guitar. That it's got to be that one. And, you know, going back to Mojo guitars just have that thing and he found it he's got it and he doesn't want to let it go that's it all right well that's all i got for you please check out the private facebook group sunland guitars my um youtube channel go check out uh, all the cool stuff that dire davis is doing hopefully we'll have him on the episode again soon uh, another uh, future episode and uh see you later thanks